Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 84th episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I am your host, Sam Shorky. And I am her sidekick and sister, Sarah. And together, and this is an actual fact, people, but together we are inspiring people all over this world to go vegan simply thanks to our vast knowledge, our wealth of knowledge that we provide you, our listeners, with on this podcast, this show, right here, right now. No, we are not shitting you guys. We literally received a super awesome email last week. Shout out to Jack J. JJ. Shout out to Jackie J, <laughs> who we know is listening to this. And he probably remembers that Peter Cetera song, too. Yes, because apparently Jack has been listening to our podcast for a while now, and he loves all of our 80s references. And apparently Jack has been so incredibly inspired by our podcast. Mostly me, of course. (laughs) Well, he didn't say that. But he did say that it was our podcast that literally inspired him to go vegan. And he emailed us one month later to say he's never felt better and wanted to thank us for essentially being a modern day god to him. I don't remember those exact (laughs) words he used. Oh, he didn't compare me to Gandhi? I thought I saw that. Uh, No, not, not that I recall. Oh, okay. What he did say is... Thank you for your podcast. It's really funny and informative. You and Sarah have inspired me to have a plant-based diet, and after four weeks in, I'm loving it. I've got more energy, and I'm feeling good that I'm not eating meat anymore. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Jack. It's just what I do. I inspire people wherever I go. Yes, 100%. Well, not to burst Jack's bubble, but he's actually not the first vegan cherry I've popped. So I am grateful that there have been a few people over the years who credit me for being the the person that inspired them to go vegan, and that honestly means so much to me. And he sent another email that said he started eating tofu and tempeh and hit a new PR personal record on his deadlift, I believe. Might have been squat too. Wow. So good job, Jackie J. And thank you for giving me a 
a nice little ego boost all week long. And he actually had a few really good questions for us that we thought, hey, these are perfect things to address on a future podcast because this week we were like, hey, what should we talk about? And boom, right here, right now, we are answering his questions. The first question is one we've definitely had other people ask before too, but for whatever reason, we didn't acknowledge their requests. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, better late than never, right guys? So let's get to it. Question number one from JJ is, can you guys please provide a review of the various fake meats out there? And more specifically, what are the good ones and which ones should we avoid? Great question. Do you eat a lot of faux meats, Sari? Um, not really. I mean, I probably use the fake ground beef more than anything. Mm. And the kids like the vegan uh, chicken nuggets. Yeah. Chicken. Chick apostrophe N. That's right. Yeah. And we we do eat more veggie burgers and veggie dogs in the summertime just because of the barbecue. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't have a barbecue, but that's probably very relatable to a lot of vegans. I can't say that I eat fake meats very often myself either. I definitely buy more of the veggie nuggets. I just call them veggie nuggets instead of chick in nuggets. <laughs> but yeah, because of Harry, he does love them. And it's obviously an easy protein option to give him for dinner with like some rice and, and veggies. But anyone who's ever worked with me knows that I eat a ton of tempeh and tofu, but I don't usually suggest the faux meats unless they tell me they need super quick and easy protein options. Or if they're like a brand new vegan, it's a good transition type food. Or if say their weakness, is burgers and comfort type foods like chicken fingers and sausages, then I might put them on a meal plan. And didn't you recommend some Gardein faux meat on the the Quick and Dirty Eats episode? I seem to remember it was good for having really good macros. Yeah, the Gardein scallopinis. But you know what? They're really hard to find now. Apparently nobody else was buying them because it's almost never that I come across them in all the big grocery stores. But I do buy the Soul Cuisine Extreme Griller veggie burgers, and I've probably talked about those on past episodes too, uh, and tend to keep them in the freezer as a good bunless burger option. But it's also a Canadian brand, so I'm not sure how accessible they are to our American listeners. But basically, the rule of thumb for you guys listening is that you want to make sure the protein amount is higher or at least equal to the number of carbs in that faux meat product. Because the problem is that most of them are really high in fat and pretty high in carbs, and the protein is often the least amount of all the macronutrients, which doesn't really make sense sense if this is our protein serving with our meal. And then you have something like the Beyond Burger where, yeah, it's got a shitload of protein. It's got like 20 grams per burger and that's great. But it also has a whopping 270 calories just for that one patty and 19 grams of fat, which is actually a lot of fat. Yeah, but, but then it's only got five grams of carbs. So if you were doing like a low carb vegan diet or like the vegan 
and keto diet, the Beyond Burger would be a great addition, but I typically have my clients eating a moderate amount of carbs and only a little bit of fat, so this would definitely eat up a lot of their daily fat allowance and calories if they're on a low-calorie diet. And just to compare with like some of the other veggie burgers out there or the one that I just mentioned, the Soul Cuisine Extreme Griller. So just to compare, for one of their patties, it's only 140 calories and you still get 15 grams of protein, which is actually quite high for a processed vegan burger. And then the carb count is just 12 grams, which is still pretty low and still lower than the protein and only six grams of fat. So that's like literally less than half the amount of fat and calories compared to the Beyond Burger. Oh, and then I wanted to mention too, there's also the whole topic of the amount of soy protein isolate that is found in a lot of these prepackaged processed vegan foods like the fake meats, protein bars, protein cereals, which I totally admit I eat sometimes too. But yeah, you want to kind of be mindful of how much soy protein isolate you're taking in because it's basically a processed form of soy. What they do is they they soak the soybeans in alcohol, which removes the fiber and the sugar, and then they dehydrate it into a powder that's basically pure protein, bruh. The only downside is that it's super processed, obviously, in comparison with like tofu or tempeh or edamame beans, meaning that it's been stripped of all of those other good nutrients that we want and need. But hey, like I said, in moderation, I fully admit that if I am craving something sweet, a protein bar or bowl of protein granola with some soy or pea milk at night is a great way to hit my macros and still feel like I'm getting a tasty sweet treat. But again, you don't want to be eating any of these highly processed foods on the regular. But if you ask me, no harm in having them every once in a while either. So hope that answers question number one, JJ. And Sayer, do you want to read the next question, number two? Okay, well, hold on. Before we get to the next question, there's something I want to talk about. Okay. Okay, so this is a little unusual, but there's an organization that has been close to my heart for the past eight months or so, Ottawa Kitten Rescue. Uh, They just celebrated their third anniversary, and in that time, they have helped over 700 cats. And with every cat of theirs, they ensure it is vetted, spayed and neutered, and has found a home. They even rescue cats from other shelters who have been put on the kill list, which is what was happening this weekend. Where it's basically all these cats are go through a communal gas chamber because nobody wants them and these kill shelters are just overrun with cats, which is so horrible to think about. And did you see that one of the, there was six cats in total that they were trying to raise enough money so that they could take in and find fosters for? Did you read that one of them had been surrendered to the shelter because the family that owned that cat had gotten a new dog and the cat didn't get along with the dog. That's Ugh. that's why the cat was in the shelter. So horrible. This is why idiots need to stop buying pets. But anyways, continue. So basically, Ottawa Kitten Rescue is run by two very dedicated women who simply saw a major cat crisis in our city and decided to do something about it. They paid for an eye surgery for a blind kitten, emergency visits for a mama dealing with seizures, They drove two hours so that a kitten could go see a specialist, and we all know how expensive vet bills are. These are all volunteers who have day jobs, and in their quote-unquote spare time, they're diving into crawl spaces under house to save kittens whose mama was hit by a car. They're spending a night in a boatyard waiting around for a mother cat to return 
to her babies so they could trap the whole family together and get them to warmth and safety. Mm-hmm. I honestly so admire these people and the work they do. And the work never ends because there are just so many cats, so many kittens that need help. I, I honestly, I don't know how they do it. Like this weekend, I felt so stressed out. Me and all too. I kept thinking is I can't imagine, you know, what what these women are going through. It consumes me. It, it, I, yeah. And, and thank God we were able to raise the funds to get all six cats out of the kill shelter and save their lives. But I, I can't even imagine doing this as my hobby. No. How like, much it must just be so stressful and so hard on your soul. Yes, I know. Like, it's just heartbreaking. But but yes, uh, you know, happy ending. All six of the cats were rescued. They've all found fosters and they raised enough money so that um, their care should be taken care of except for any kind of health concerns that might come up, which gets me to my next point. Right now, they are, well, pretty much all the time, they are in dire need of donations. They've said that 2023 has been their hardest year yet without sufficient donations in foster homes. This is a great organization. I adopted two little guys from Ottawa Kitten Rescue last November, and they are so responsible the way they go about everything, making sure that they find the right home. And I would love to help them in any way we can. And it's honestly heartbreaking to see their Facebook post. They've announced recently that they can no longer even accept new cats and kittens because their intake is at full capacity. I've applied to be a foster myself, but it's the donations that they really need. So I know there are a lot of animal lovers out there listening. This is a good cause. And if you are able to donate anything you can even just a few bucks, please do so. And then send us a screenshot and we will send you a free copy of Sam's Jacked on the Beanstalk Plant-Based Fuel for Vegan Athletes ebook and her holiday ebook, What to Feed That Effing Vegan, the Holiday Edition. Yep, super easy to do. Every dollar counts. You can send your donation via PayPal to Ottawa Kitten Rescue CA. That's all one word, Ottawa Kitten Rescue CA. Just send us a screenshot to confirm your donation and we will gladly send over those two e-cookbooks for free and we'll include all of this info on the show notes for this episode on my website, of course, at Jacked on the Beanstalk. All right. Sorry to take up so much time with that, but this is a really important cause locally, especially for us. And any help is so much appreciated because I know how much you guys support us and it means the world to us. Okay. Back to the podcast questions from our new little vegan virgin, Jackie J. (laughs) I guess I'll read it. Question two. Could you please review some of the fast food vegan options like the McPlant from McDonald's and the Meatless Philly from Subway, assuming you're out shopping and have left your asparagus at home. (laughs) I like that. I always leave my asparagus at home. Actually, I always leave my asparagus at the grocery store. (laughs) And I haven't even heard of the meatless Philly from Subway. Yeah, I don't even think we can get the McPlant or the meatless Philly here in Canada. Or maybe that's just because I almost never eat fast food. But as far as I know, McDonald's, they had a super salty veggie 
veggie burger like decades ago. And they definitely got rid of that one a long time ago. And the only Subway option we have that I know of is that veggie patty, which probably contains a whole two grams of protein, but it is quite tasty. Although I do remember seeing that McDonald's was testing vegan McNuggets in the UK a few months ago. But yeah, if I leave my asparagus at home, I'm more than likely just going to hit up the hot buffet and salad bar at like a Whole Foods or Farm Boy. But I am intrigued to try this meatless Philly from Subway. So I am going to Google it right now. And if we do have it, we are so trying it together this week, Sarah. Sure. If you're paying. Yeah. What the hell? I'm seeing it is only in the UK. Definitely not here in Canada. So Jackie J must be European is my guess. But yeah, why do they have access to so many more vegan options than us? Aren't we all part of the Commonwealth here? Why are you holding out on your Canadian neighbors, eh? Get it together, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I feel like we're always behind on everything. Well, yes and no. I mean, we did give the world Gardein and Dea, which is the grossest vegan cheese of all. But honestly, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Gardein's good. But honestly, if it if it's that once per year that I find myself grabbing fast food with Harry or something as like a little treat, not that even though it's not a treat at all, it's like almost cruel to put that in his body. But A and W, I would say, is my go-to only because they. They've kind of been the pioneers in vegan options, even though they use the Beyond Burger, aka Fat City, but it is a smaller version of the Beyond Burger. Oh, and I was forced to eat at Burger King just a couple weeks ago on uh, my road trip home from Toronto. So I got the Impossible Burger, and it was tasty, minus the bastards putting cheese on it, which I was forced to eat because it was so melted into and onto the patty. Yeah, so fuck Burger King now that I think about it. <laughs> Actually, I'm not a fan of the Impossible shit, but I, I'm not really a big burger fan anyway. Well, I guess Harvey's was the original OG of a veggie burger option. Isn't Harvey's strictly Canadian? Oh, are they? All right, well then take that, you British bastards! (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Plus, they're the only ones that do frings, a.k.a. half fries, half onion rings. Yeah, I love frings. I'm surprised frings never caught on with the other chains. Yeah, maybe it's a Harvey's patent. I mean, the name itself is brilliant, let's be honest. Although, their fries aren't that great. Yeah, I was going to say, their fries kind of suck. And their onion rings aren't that great either. Friggin' frings. Yeah, frig you, frings. (laughs) And what's Jackie J wondering next while we go way off topic? Yeah, and I don't think that answer was helpful at all. (laughs) Question number three. Do vegans get sick less than meat eaters? JJ is assuming so, given we eat more fruit and veggies, plus a friend apparently told him that she cut out dairy, and this apparently resulted in her being sick less. Hmm. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I am one of the very few people I know who never caught COVID. Probably because you never leave the house. This is true, and that could very well have something to do with it. Yeah, and to be honest, Jackie J, I used to claim that I never got sick and always credited it to my healthy vegan immune system and all the vitamins and nutrients I'm taking in via my plant-based diet. And then I had a child. 
A.K.A. germ magnet. Yes, and that adorable little germ magnet was literally bringing viruses home, I swear to God, like every frigging week after starting daycare. So, of course, with him coughing and sneezing directly into my face multiple times whilst sick, basically meant that I was constantly sick too. And I totally got COVID in Mexico last year, but I will say that it was pretty mild. Yeah, like a mild cold for me, but I don't know if I believe the whole strengthened immune system vegan marketing push. I mean, I think it's safer to say that vegans in general are healthier, which could translate into stronger immune systems and less health problems. But I'm pretty sure if someone's sick and they cough directly into your mouth, being vegan isn't going to save you. (laughs) Well, what I always do credit veganism for is lower inflammation in the body. And this is honestly something I see across the board because obviously I do know a lot of bodybuilders and a lot of dudes who train as hard as I do and they are always complaining about soreness or joint pain or how brutal their recovery is sometimes. Meanwhile, I know that I don't get nearly the level of inflammation that they do and my recovery time is a lot faster in comparison, which is super important to me because I do a lot of virtual sessions with my clients and I need to be able to work out every day with good movement in order to make money. So I'm sure I've talked about this on past episodes, but consuming a high animal-based diet can definitely create an acidic environment in your body, which of course causes inflammation and the development of many diseases and cancers. Meanwhile, plant foods, especially in the raw form, are like literally the most nutrient-dense, water-dense, enzyme-rich, anti-inflammatory foods out there. And as I just mentioned, as a bodybuilder, my number one goal is always to recover from training both quickly and with reducing inflammation as quickly as possible so that I can continue to train like a beast and be able to work out with my clients every day. So there, there is a reason why more and more professional athletes are going vegan, I think. They beat the shit out of their bodies more than anyone. So think about that, you know. Uh, But yeah, honestly, I've been sick like eight times in the last year, I swear, all thanks to daycare. I pretty much make no plans between October and April. And yet still, both my kids managed to get sick like two weeks ago. Yeah, sorry to disappoint you on that one, Jackie J. All right, question number four is actually a training question and definitely a good one, but with a long answer I'll have to provide. I guess I'll just sit back and put my feet up for a while. (laughs) Pretty sure I will have nothing to add on this one. Yeah, probably not. Well, Jackie J wants some clarification on high versus lower volume of reps and how exactly one should go about creating a training plan for oneself. Yeah, so the reason I say this is going to be a long answer is because it really depends on the individual and their goals. I would say if you want a safe general answer to that question that could be applied to pretty much anyone across the board, three to four sets of eight to 12 reps 
That's typically what I will program for clients who are just starting with me. And even for me as a seasoned bodybuilder, I usually find myself doing three to four sets of most exercises. And the rep range will vary depending on how much weight I'm pushing. For instance, if I'm doing a body weight exercise or using very lightweight, obviously I'm going to be able to do more reps, maybe in like the 15 to 20 rep range before I'm hitting my failure. As a good rule of thumb, I would say to simply lessen the number of reps as you increase the amount of weight. So for instance, if I'm doing three sets of eight to 12 reps, my first set will be 12 reps at a slightly lighter weight, but still a challenging amount of weight. My second set will then be 10 reps with a heavier weight. And my final set will only be eight reps, but I'm going heavier than in my previous set. So you still want to make sure you're hitting failure or close to failure with each of those sets. But because you're lessening the number of reps, you're able to increase the weight. And yeah, this is a very traditional style of bodybuilding. Definitely nothing new to any seasoned lifter listening, but also one of the best ways to progress on the amount of weight you could lift, which of course is going to result in muscle growth, which is what we all want. Another fun thing anybody can try is to add a finisher type set at the end of your exercise where you do a really high amount of reps. Like I'm talking 30, 50, even 100 reps. And obviously you're going to use a very lightweight for this or just body weight, but it is a killer way to really burn out the working muscle. For example, bench press. Say you would do your three super heavy sets of 8 to 12 reps or even 4 to 6 reps if you're going super heavy. And then you would do a fourth final set where you're literally just pressing the empty bar for 50 to 100 reps or until your arms are about to fall off. And trust me, your pecs will be feeling that one. But honestly, Jackie J, when it comes to programming without knowing anything about you other than you're a new vegan who loves 80s tunes, the most important thing to remember about your workouts is that you should always be switching them up every six to eight weeks. Definitely do not go longer than 12 weeks following the same program because you need to keep shocking the body. You never want it to get too comfortable. That's why so many people hit a plateau and wonder why they're in the gym for three years and look the exact same. Our bodies are so smart. They learn to adapt to the stress you put them in super quickly. So in order to get stronger, in order to improve your fitness, level, you have to keep challenging yourself. And that could mean anything from adding heavier weights to changing up the tempo, the speed of how you're training, doing higher reps, lower reps, working new muscle groups in a different way. And all plateaus aside, I also just find people get bored doing the same shit week after week. So switching it up definitely every couple of months also is going to help keep you motivated and consistent with your training. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, Jackie J. JJ! (laughs) All your vegan queries answered, my new little friend. I don't know why that sounded like Franks and Beans. I know. I like it, though. (laughs) So what are we singing, Sarah, to conclude this episode 
that basically credits us for being vegan inspirations. Yeah, I I tried to put myself in JJ's shoes and and think about what value uh, we bring to his life and what song could really capture exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. I like it. Where is this going? So I thought I thought that song that could perfectly capture that is You Raise Me Up by Josh Groban because ah. we raise Jackie J up. Yes. Beautiful, Sarah. I love it. This is an amazing song choice for us. I'm actually super stoked to sing it, although I think I only know the chorus. That's the problem. Me too. Oh, all right then. Well, I guess we're only singing the chorus <laughs> then for you, Jackie, and probably for the best since we are so going to butcher it and I can't wait. Yeah, I, I feel like we haven't had a, had a song that was just like so pure shorky in a while mm-hmm. and this, this it, might be it. It is pure, isn't yes, it? Yeah. Pure your raw inspiration. Yeah. I believe JJ will be crying by the end of it. At least one tear yes. falling onto his cheek. Yes. So this one's for you, Jackie J. Here we go. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than I can be. (laughs) I was trying so hard not to laugh that whole time. That was amazing. That was beautiful. I'm a little choked up. I know. That's what I meant. I was was choking back the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that one, JJ. Everybody else, we hope you got a little bit of knowledge out of that too. And everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Again, that's Ottawa Kitten Rescue CA on PayPal for your donations. Let's help this good organization out. We love you. We appreciate you. Shorky Sisters, out.